0: Our lives are filled with questions. Some questions aren't that important. Like, what shall I wear today? (laughs) Or, where do you want to eat dinner? Or, what do you want to watch on television? Questions we really don't remember from one day to the other, except to ask them again. Other questions are (coughs) just plain unanswerable, like, why do men refuse to stop and ask questions? (laughs) Uh, Anybody know? Uh, uh, Or if if nothing sticks to Teflon, how do you get Teflon to stick to the pan? (laughs) Or what was the best thing before sliced bread? Other questions are important life changing, like, will you marry me? What shall we name our baby? Doctor, what were the results of the biopsy? In this passage, Jesus asked two questions, two questions. The first question has to do with what, what others say about Jesus. The second, what do you say? Questions that have continued to ring down through the ages. Who do you say that I am? As we make our way toward Easter, as David shared with you, we're going to talk about the Songs of Hope. And in particular, I want to focus on the uniqueness Of Jesus Christ. Who is this Jesus? What is his uniqueness? His identity. For I believe that Jesus is our only hope. Our only hope. Jesus is our song of hope for all time. So let us start by just considering the questions that Jesus asked his disciples, and maybe consider our own answers. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our redeemer. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that these words may be your words, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Mark chapter 8 and let's take a look at this exchange between Jesus and his disciples. It, it took place somewhere on the road to Caesarea Philippi. Now, Caesarea Philippi in that particular area that was about 15, oh well, no, about 20 miles north of Bethsaida. It was a gentile area right on the edge of a very significant pagan area. It was not an area that the Pharisees and the Sadducees would go. So Jesus had private time with his disciples. They could discuss many things. The Gospels tell us that Jesus spent time with them there. Um, and the disciples travels with Jesus. They would have heard the rumors of Jesus. What people were saying. For example, Herod and others were saying that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead. Same message, same family. Elijah was to appear before the Messiah. He had ascended directly into heaven and was to come again on the eve of the Messiah's coming. some believe that Jesus was a prophet. Matthew introduces the name Jeremiah. The tradition behind Jeremiah was that he had taken the Ark of the Covenant and and had hidden it, and that before the Messiah would come, that Jeremiah would reappear and would, would reveal the Ark of the Covenant and other articles from the temple that he'd hid or asking Peter directly Jesus says who do you say that I am or who do others say that I am who do others say that I am some disciples jump right in this is a fairly easy question it's kind of like what we ask what did they say about me what did they say about me or what did she say about me or what did he say about me some say you're John the Baptist Some say Elijah, one of the prophets, maybe the prophet. You know, the interesting thing about what other people say is that we don't have to make a commitment. I mean, we can just report without any affirmation or witness or testimony of our own. We can just simply say, Well, that's what other people say. That's not what Jesus was after, was he? Jesus wants the heart. So he follows that with this question. Who do you say that I am? How about you? Who do you say that I am? Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this uh, conversation almost word for word. There's no indication of how the conversation may have taken place. It's pretty cut and dried here. You know, as I read it, I wonder, was there silence? When Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? Did they look away? Were they afraid? Did they eagerly raise their hands? If so, why did he call on Peter? He calls on Peter. And I wonder if Peter answered immediately, or did he wait? Did he think about the feeding of the multitudes? Did he think about the, the the miracle healings? Did he was he thinking about Jesus, you know, casting out demons? Or maybe his mind went back to that day when they were on the boat in the storm, afraid for their lives, and Jesus was asleep, and so they wake him. Jesus, Jesus, what are you doing? We're about to die. Jesus stands and rebukes the storm, and suddenly it is calm, and the disciples can only hear the drip, drip of the water off the sails. Who is this? I imagine that Jesus fixed his gaze upon Peter. What was needed now was a clear affirmation, an affirmation from which there'll be no turning back. Peter, who do you say that I am? Not just an emotional response, down deep in your soul, at the core of your being, who am I? You are the Christ. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, I I read this in here and I say, did Peter really understand what he was saying? Did he understand or was he caught in the old tapes of the Messiah who would come and restore the kingdom of David? Was he caught in the old tapes of of the Messiah that, that was, does he really know what he's saying here? Jesus commends him. He says, Blessed are you, son of Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. Good job, Peter. <laughs> right answer. Good job. Now comes the hard part. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering be rejected, and be killed, and after three days, rise again from the dead. That was not what the disciples had expected. Suffering, rejection, death? (laughs) Wait a minute, Jesus. Suffering, rejection, death? What about the Romans rule? What about pushing them out? What about the hungry people? What about what about the sick people? What about what, Jesus, what what is this? What about the kingdom of David? The disciples were so much like us. Jesus, what about what I'm going through? What about what's happening what Jesus, what about? But with these words, Jesus set himself apart from all others. Every other search for God is nullified with these words. Jesus becomes the only way to the Father. With these words, the world will never be the same. We will never be the same. This Savior is different. This Messiah is different. This Savior dies for us. This Savior sacrifices for us. This Savior changes not only this world, but all of eternity. Peter's confused. And we know from reading the Gospels that as, as the story unfolds, it is only after the resurrection that Peter truly understands. But in this particular case, he's, he's confused because what he believes is Jesus has a marketing problem. Right? Come on, Jesus. Wait a minute. This is not going to sell. Suffering, death, rejection... This is not going to sell. And what does Jesus say? Get behind me. Now, the way I interpret the Greek, and this is very loose, is Peter, you're either all in or you're all out. Jesus is not interested how it sells. He's not interested in anything but our heart, our full confession, our full devotion, our full acceptance. All in. What's your answer? What's your answer? See, if if I really wanted to make you feel uncomfortable, I would make you turn to each other and say, here's my answer. I'm not going to do that. What's your answer? Who do you say that Jesus is? Here's what our culture will tell us. Teacher, prophet, good man, example, one of many ways among several ways. Who do you say this Jesus is. You know, many of us are at a crossroads. How far will we go with this Jesus stuff? Right? And, and, and maybe you're sitting here this morning, you have doubts. You're kind of on the fence. Or, or, or maybe you, you, you want to hedge your bets, <laughs> you know. I want just enough of Jesus to get into heaven. Who do you say this Jesus is? Who do you say he is? Teacher? Prophet? Good man? One among many? During the Depression, there was a man named Yates who had a sheep farm in West Texas. And he was broke. Couldn't pay his mortgage. Barely have enough money for, to feed his kids. Wondering from day to day how he was going to make it. Thinking that eventually he would have to just turn his farm into the, to the bank and try to find a job somewhere. And then one day, an oil company knocked on his door. It was a seismographic team that wanted to do some testing on his land. You know this is where this is going, don't you? Within the next couple of weeks, they said to him that uh, we think there's oil under your property. Over the next couple of months, at a thousand feet, they hit oil. 80 barrels a day, 80,000 barrels a day. The next two wells were double that. Within just a few years, Yates went from poverty to not wanting for anything. You know, all of us in one way or another are standing on the riches of eternity, but living spiritually, uh, living poverty, spiritual poverty. And all we have to do is answer the question Who do you say that I am? Who do you say? What will be your song of hope? Messiah? Master? Savior? Redeemer? Lord? Who do you say that Jesus is? Emmanuel? Living water? Bread of life? True vine? Light of the world? The way, the truth, and the life. Who do you say that I am? Prince of peace. King of kings. Lord of lords. Who do you say that I am? He is a refuge and strength, a very present help in every time of trouble, though the Though the waters may foam and the, and the mountains may shake, I shall not fear. For I have a Messiah, a Savior, a King of which there is no equal.